Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. So today is my first ever interview with Molly. Do you go by Wilder? Okay, I was gonna jump <laughs> um, with Molly, and she's had to be on her podcast twice now. So we're doing kind of a double interview. She just interviewed me, and then my interview will be on her podcast, and vice versa. So Molly is my old friend. We kind of knew each other in high school, but not really. And then we went to Camosun together and did an exercise and wellness diploma, and she went on to do athletic therapy. And now we're kind of in the same sphere spiritually, I would say, like, I mean, different sides of the coin, but um, I just want you to kind of tell us your story and kind of what led you to here. Okay. And here being the like, pl- the spiritual place here on the couch. <laughs> here on the couch. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> so, um, well, I have been depressed for my entire life. Okay. And... I've never really known why I am the way I am and really struggled with um, lots of self, self-worth self issues, lots of, you know, difficulty socially, um, just in general, like a lot of feelings of loneliness and all of the stuff that comes with depression, the confusion, the like waves of emotion that you don't know where it's coming from and sometimes feeling totally numb. And, um, yeah, so that followed me around. And as I got more and more into my twenties, it amplified more and more, Mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes I would come out of it for short periods of time, whether it was because I was distracting myself with alcohol or weed, Mm -hmm. or if it was because, you know, maybe I had a new boyfriend or, Um, Maybe I was going through a yoga teacher training and that Mm -hmm. was like a little bit of light that lifted me out of it. Mm -hmm. Or I was going through school. There was a number of distractions that kind of kept me going. Yeah, Um, I was going to say like for someone with depression, you've been very accomplished. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And I think that really shows and illustrates that depression looks different in everybody. And you never really know what people are going through. Totally. Um, So... As I got more and more into my 20s, it got that much heavier. And I think part of that is because the way I view depression, it is repressed or depressed emotions. Mm, And you're not feeling something. And there's something in that, in the depths there. And it came to a point, you know, I was living in my van in 2016. Mm -hmm. I remember watching that journey. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, that was interesting. It was, you know, people think like, oh yeah, living in your van, that must've been so cool. You must've like woken up the beach and like done all these, they like kind of like romanticize it. Mm -hmm. Really, you know, I was having some financial issues and I wanted a little bit of something different. So I decided to live in this van and ended, it ended up being like quite a dark time for me. You know, there was not a lot of romantic notions in that whole idea you know Mm -hmm. um but through that I met some really incredible people Mm -hmm. including a lot of colleagues at the high school that I work at Mm -hmm. the principal of my high school was like you know what here's a fob it's cold nights have a shower like come in use the school the um wood shop teacher would like lasso over an extension cord at the end of the day on like cold nights so that I could plug in and it was like oh like, my I just, god so I you was, just like lived at the school I like lived behind the school like sometimes <laughs> not all the time <laughs> like, that's amazing um yeah it was so good so through that process because I was fairly open with my mental health issues and I've always you know put myself out there in that way I had people congregate around me that were so 
amazing. And I Mm -hmm. think that was the first step to getting where I am on this couch Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, was talking about what I was what I was feeling or not feeling and talking about my struggles. And that's very, very difficult. And I couldn't necessarily do that with the people I was closest with. Mm -hmm. I had to do that on social media where it was with a bunch of strangers or with people who knew me, but we weren't face to face. Mm -hmm. Like you saw, you knew me, but we weren't like really close. You just kind of saw me from afar. Yeah. That created more safety for me Mm -hmm. than talking about it with people I shared a daily life with. And do you think that's true vulnerability? No, Mm. I don't think so, but it's the start. Yeah. And I think you have to meet yourself where you're at Mm -hmm. and being able to get a little bit more vulnerable as you go is really important. But you also have to know that like, if you're not vulnerable, if you can't be vulnerable with a certain group of people, maybe it's your family. Mm -hmm. There's a really strong reason why. Yeah. You know, and vulnerable or vulnerability is cultivated in safety. Mm -hmm. So if there's no safety, and I'm not talking about like necessarily physical safety, but emotional safety. Mm -hmm. Now, this is where things can get a little fun- funny and you can start playing playing the blame game, which yeah. is a really dangerous game to play Yeah, um, because you start to get into your childhood. And that's where I started to dig into. So after I moved out of the van, I started um, reading more about um, Gabor Mate's work and I went to or I watched his conference online here in Victoria, which was the Compassionate Inquiry Conference. Mm-hmm. And that really opened me up um, I had already started doing ayahuasca ceremonies to help and work with me. And now that's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. That is a really like direct. I would very... like to dive more into that because I'm curious. But yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's really intense. So I started actually doing that in Vancouver with a group um, that I don't sit with now. How many ayahuasca ceremonies have you done? Um, each time I go to them, I do two. And so, so now I've done 10 or 12. Oh, wow. Uh, can you tell my listeners like what ayahuasca is? Yeah, sure. So ayahuasca is a plant spirit medicine from Peru. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple different traditions that where it comes from. And the, the people that I work with work out of the Shipibo tradition, okay. which is quite a, an intense way of working with it. So, okay. um, the, vegetalistas or the shamans now Mm -hmm. the the men that I work with I don't think they would call themselves shamans Mm -hmm. because that denotes like a really long experience with the plant Mm. but they work with the shamans in Peru and they are apprentice shamans okay and they would call themselves vegetalistas which is basically just someone who works with the plant okay and who has dedicated their life to working with the plant wow so they will be chanting and they'll be they'll be holding that space for you and their chants are basically like a surgeon's knife mm-hmm. like they go in for spiritual surgery yeah and the ayahuasca is the medicine that leads that mm-hmm. so it can be quite intense um ayahuasca is a purging medicine so mm-hmm. it, it gets rid of a lot of stuff now um 
what people hear in the media is that like people puke or they mm-hmm. shit their pants or like like all of that crazy stuff. That's not my experience. Yeah. Um, I have thrown up with it, but a lot of times purging means you're crying mm-hmm. or you're yawning or something that I get a lot is a lot of shaking mm. while you're going. It sounds super in. fun. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> this is like a party. <laughs> um, it's not, it's not a party at all. And yeah. I think that's what you really need to understand is you're doing what we call shadow work. Mm -hmm. So you're going into the darkest parts of yourself and you're uncovering things that have been painful. Yeah. And whatever that might be. Now for me, that was like some, some very, very deep and very painful stuff Mm -hmm. um, that I repressed my entire life. Yeah. Um, For other people, it may look different Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter what it looks like. Pain is pain Mm -hmm. and it's all relative to the person. So whether you were like bullied in elementary school or whether you had sexual trauma, Mm -hmm. both of those things created a pain with you within you and created a constriction. So by going into that with ayahuasca, I, was able to uncover it and feel the emotions that I had repressed repressed for so long. And in that feeling of the emotions and allowing that space for it to come up, I was able to move that energy along. Interesting. Okay. See, that's where I get stuck <laughs> with the whole going back and like, like with therapy and that sort of thing, because I did so much therapy and I felt like I, it wasn't helping me mm-hmm. because it's always like bringing you back to when these things went wrong and how are you feeling and all of that. And I feel like with law of attraction and manifestation, focusing on the past and the previous and all that previous trauma is only inviting like more of it in or just putting you into that state. So that's why I'm always curious. Like, I mean, obviously there's so many different ways and it's been so helpful for you. And I, I just wonder, like, I don't think there is any better way, but, but like you said, you're able to let it go, which I think is the important part. You're not bringing it up and dwelling in it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the part that like, I think a lot of people miss. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily agree with conventional forms of talk therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it can be useful. And I think the emotions that you're feeling should be validated. Yeah. However, if they're being validated without showing you a way of essentially healing yourself, then I don't think it's helpful. And Mm -hmm. I think it does exactly what you say, keep you in that low vibe feeling. Yeah. Um, The way I work with it is that if something is coming up now, whether this is in a ceremony or whether this is with maybe someone like a compassionate inquiry counselor, like Mm -hmm. someone trained with Gabor or someone else who does other forms of the same kind of therapy, there's so many different ways is you start to feel that feeling. Now, say I, like, um, actually recently, I was doing a compassionate inquiry on myself and I followed the trail of my emotions, which was in that time rage. Mm -hmm. So I followed this rage, which is a very low vibe emotion. Yeah. And I followed this rage to a point in my life where this started and it, rage and anger the base emotion is fear Mm -hmm. so anger is a very healthy emotion although it is low vibe yeah anger is it's better than depression yes absolutely but if you do something awful to me and I get angry that creates a boundary and that says no you're not allowed to do what you're doing to me Mm. now in the moment in the present that's very very good Mm -hmm. but when anger starts to fester it starts to create 
rage mm. and rage is anger of the past in my right, belief. Right, right, yeah. So the base emotion is fear. So I went back into that fear place of me being a five-year-old and there was some stuff going in going on in my home that was creating this fear and this terror and I was not okay. So I went back and I just sat with that and I allowed that to be present in my body. Now I'm not sitting in fear walking around in my day to day, holding that low vibe emotion and putting it out Mm -hmm. into the world and out into all the people that I see in a day to day. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting with it on the safety of my couch and I'm sitting with it and allowing it to be there and, and looking at it with curiosity. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important is that curiosity piece. And then I was able to be the adult that that child needed in that time. Mm -hmm. So I was able to, you know, wrap my arms around that child and create safety. I was able to say, what do you need? And they're like, I need to leave. You know, Mm -hmm. my child in me said, I need to get out of here. Yeah. So I took the child out of there and we, I just held space for that child. And then we came back to the moment. Now, when I came out of this visualization, when I came out of this, I felt rage that I had been carrying around for 29 years Mm -hmm. melt away from my body. Mm. And now on a really deep level, I am not carrying that low vibe emotion that I has been instilled into my cells and my like biology for 29 years, you know, or 24 years since I was five years old. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a different way of going constantly going into those dark places bringing them up and not actually dealing with them versus going in with a attitude of inquiry and curiosity where you're going Mm -hmm. in with the intention of really doing deep healing. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's probably what I'm lacking in my own journey is like, I'll, let's say if I was feeling rage, I would feel the rage, but that's as far as it would go. Which is a great place to start. Yeah. Because a lot of people would feel that rage and go, "Uh uh-uh. I'm not feeling this and distract themselves with whatever distractions that looks like for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I never really go that far taking it back. And Molly did an exercise with me last weekend where I was feeling sadness and she, and she like brought me back to a time when I first felt it and it brought up a lot of, Oh, that makes so much sense about why I feel like I can't express, express my emotions. And the same thing happened in Bali actually, when she brought up, um, we had to kind of forgive, whatever was kind of holding us back. And it it just like brought up these memories. And I realized why certain things trigger me and why I'm the way I am. And I, and I guess like that was super powerful for me now that I look back, it was a huge weight off my shoulders and I did need to realize all of that to move forward. So it makes sense why. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think um, I'm going to jump back to that piece I said about blame. Like I think it's so, so important not to play the blame game. It's easy to do. Mm -hmm. And especially when you're really in the emotion, you know, for me, some of what I've been feeling has taken me since November, like it's June now. It's taken me six months or more, more to really process some heavy stuff. Now, I think particularly, you know, I have had a history of sexual trauma in my life. I have to believe that, and, and this is part of my belief and part of my spiritual belief that I've come to is that as our souls, before we came to this world, we chose the path that is going to help us grow mm. in the best possible way. So in a way, 
I, I chose the difficult scenarios that would force me to grow and progress. Mm-hmm. And also there's a lot of trauma that is handed down through generations. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. And, you know, my friend said, when there's heavy stuff like this, it's happening to you because you have the strength to change it. Mm. And I think that's really essential. And that's such a, like that in itself pulls you into a high vibe right there. Yeah. So if you were going to give kind of like two or three (coughs) tools for someone's self-development or growth journey, what would those be? Kind of your top ones that have helped you the most? Um, I think the, the biggest things that have helped me is, surrounding myself with people who know more first of all Mm, so until you're really comfortable with yourself finding a really good therapist or finding a really good life coach or Mm -hmm. someone who can coach you in how to dig into these emotions in a really safe way you don't know (laughs) you don't know what you don't know and especially if you're struggling if there's these beliefs that are so ingrained in you that you're like okay, I I, like, I love what you say about limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those limiting beliefs are so ingrained in you that you can't just necessarily flip them around, flip them around just like that. Like it's not that easy. So if you go to the root of the issue, if you like take your fork and like dig into the earth and root those core beliefs, those limiting beliefs up by the very bottom of their roots, then you can start to grow in a really profound way. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it takes that much work and it's not easy. Like this is not easy. Yeah. And this is why it's called Shadow the work. work. <laughs> yeah, the work. Yeah. yeah. The work. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that would be my first thing is like find someone who can really help you. Find someone who understands how to do that. And mm-hmm. one of the biggest resource for me is Gabor Mate. Mm-hmm. And on his website, on the Compassionate Inquiry website, there's actually like a list of facilitators who okay. have trained with him. And they're all like, sometimes it takes a 15 minute Skype call mm. and they're just so good at what they do. So good at asking the right questions. They're not telling you anything. They're not giving you advice. Yeah. They're not giving you tools they're literally inquiring into things and you end up giving you yourself the answer that's the cool thing that I love about coaching and having someone that's really good at is you know exactly what's best for you Mm -hmm. you just need someone to guide you and ask the right questions to get you there and And get you nobody's gonna know you better than (laughs) yourself yeah totally Yeah. yeah and so that's the other thing so that's the number two thing that I would suggest is starting to learn how to listen to your body mm. um that has been the biggest thing for me is it, it, the fact that your mind can trick you the mind can lie to you the mind can keep you protected from yourself all yeah. of the pain that you hide inside of yourself but the body doesn't lie Mm-hmm. And the emotions are stored inside your body. So there's a few books that really help me. Um, the Body Keeps the Score. I mm. can't remember who wrote it, but okay. um, The Body Keeps I'll the Score. The um, when the Body Says No by Gabor Mate. Both of those books are really, really good. Mm-hmm. And then the biggest, most profound book that I've read recently is Diamond Heart, book one, Elements of the Real and Man. And I keep coming back to this book. Yeah, I've heard you say it, it a is, lot of times. Yes, <laughs> it's so good, Tara. Like, yeah. It's so good. And that's by A.H. Alma. Um, and that's a-l-m-a-a-s so yeah learning how to 
build this deeper relationship with your body and getting your mind out of there. I think Mm -hmm. that's so essential. And the third one would be becoming present. And that goes along with that second point. And um, someone who has helped me with this so much is Byron Katie. Mm. Mm-hmm. And her work, I think it's just Katie, but I think her pen name or whatever is Byron Katie. Yeah. I'm not really sure. So there's a few really good podcasts with interviews with her. Mm-hmm. I think um, Lewis Howes did one. Oh, Russell okay. Brand did one. And she talks about, she has this meditation that she does. And um, like she wrote the book, The Work, like yeah. 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And she has this meditation where you're in nature or you're somewhere And instead of saying, okay, look at the beautiful tree that's in front of me, look at like, feel the wind on your face. Instead of saying things like that, you have an attitude of, okay, I'm going to listen for the, for the things in front of me to tell me about them. So you're letting Mm. the tree tell you what it is. You're letting the wind tell you what it is. And I sound, I know that sounds so crazy. I'm not quite understand. You know what? I didn't quite understand it at all. And then I went and did it. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I've never been so present ever. Mm. Like when you start to listen to what's around you, instead of letting your mind and what you have learned, Mm. like if you didn't, if you didn't know what a tree was yeah, and you went outside and you're looking at this tree, there's a sense of curiosity. Mm -hmm. So when you have that sense of curiosity about things, it starts to tell you what it is and Mm -hmm. it starts, you start to look at it in a deeper way. And that sense of curiosity has been really, really helpful, both in becoming present from my outside world, Mm -hmm. as well as becoming really present with what's going on inside me. Yeah. And not judging, not judging because curiosity is key. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you're a little kid and you're like curious about something, are you judging it? Yeah. No, no. You just have this like, and not judging yourself. Yeah. Like I think that actually goes in line really well with intuitive eating. And when you do eat emotionally, just coming at it from a spot of curiosity, like why am I eating right now when I'm not hungry? What do I actually need? And not judging yourself because that's just going to lead you right down the like blame, shame game Mm -hmm. and you're not going to get anywhere. And, and that kind of brings me to my next question is you've been getting more into intuitive eating. Yes. And what does that kind of look like for you? Um, well, I actually got more into it when you came onto the podcast (laughs) and you called me out for, I was like, (laughs) oh my God, you called me out so well, which was so nice. Um, I had these really delicious dark, dark chocolate covered goji berries Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, I have to be careful because when I open this bag, I just want to eat them all. And I like was looking at the calories in them and I was looking at all of this and you know for a while like I got a Fitbit in January and I was like mm. recording everything I ate yeah and yeah, I've don't had, do that guys yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyways you called me out and it was like so timely because I do have I have in the past I don't think I do right now because I've been practicing mm-hmm. thank you um but I have had a really precarious relationship with my body. Mm-hmm. And even though, you know, I work out and I do yoga and I like, you know, I, I talk the talk, but really deep inside me, even sometimes hidden from myself, mm-hmm. I don't walk the walk. Yeah. Um, so it's been really interesting 
starting to practice, okay, what does my body need? What mm-hmm. do I want? And you actually had this really amazing tip on one of your posts. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was on Instagram or if it was on Facebook or whatever, but um, you were like going shopping and buying all of these treats. Like you bought Oreos mm-hmm. and you bought like, I don't know what kind of candy bars and you bought like one time you bought a McFlurry and then you're like, well, this came really late. I'm just going to put it in the freezer yeah. for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I would have never done. You know, mm-hmm. like I would have gone and bought something and then binged until it was done. Yeah. So like the other day I went to Red Barn and they had this ice cream sale for my favorite kind of ice cream. It's like a coconut base with yeah. chocolate and fudge and mm-hmm. it's so delicious. Yeah. And so I bought two of them. Mm, good. And I put them in my freezer Mm -hmm. and one of them, I like ate half of it right away. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I don't want any more. And I put it in the freezer and then I kind of forgot about it. (laughs) And one day I was like, oh, like I kind of want something yummy. And I was like, oh, I have ice cream. Okay. And I had some more ice cream. And it's great because it, if it's there and if you normalize it, like you say, and you like make everything equal, it doesn't have this power over you anymore. And Mm -hmm. that has been huge. Now, part of my journey with intuitive eating, like all of like everything you say, I've been like putting into practice. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been amazing. So Mm -hmm. thank you for that. Yeah. But part of why it's getting so much easier is because I'm dealing with the emotions. Yes. That created the void that I'm trying to fill with food. That's such a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the backwards of how it happened for me because I was binge eating and hiding my emotions and then I I stopped binge eating and started intuitive eating and now I have all these emotions <laughs> and I'm trying to work through them. So it's it's yeah. kind of the opposite. Like you dealt with your emotions first and then you were able to latch on to intuitive eating. I did it the other way around and now I'm like, what the fuck are all these emotions? <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah. And I mean, I think I love how our two journeys like complement each other mm-hmm. so well. And it just shows that like, this is not linear guys. Yeah. Like, oh my God. And it wasn't necessarily, you know, first I dealt with my emotions, then I, yeah. like, it goes up and down. And some days I'm like, what am I feeling? Give me the ice yeah. cream. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also fine. Sometimes yeah. you guys, you just got to have the ice cream. Give or, let yourself off the hook, you know? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And don't let yourself feel guilty for it. Um, yeah. And then you are also in my Manifest Mondays course. <laughs> and I just wanted to ask you, kind of what that's brought up for you, what you've noticed and where you are getting stuck. Yes. Oh my God. (laughs) Okay. So I was so excited to do this and I kind of had this hang up because I was, I've been following you and Manifestation Babe Mm -hmm. and I was like, I did Manifestation Babe's five day challenge Mm. and I was like, okay, which one do I want to do and everything? And I hadn't looked at the price of either of them. Mm. And I looked at Manifestation Babe and someone was like, holy (laughs) bananas. I think it's like like two grand, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, I've just spent like over three grand on this compassionate inquiry course that runs for a year. Yeah. And it's like, like I do so many meetings a week and there's practice a week and there's so much accountability and there like the content of that course is changing my life in like such a huge way. That's amazing. I'm like, Hey, I'm not going to spend $2,000 yeah. for a month. Mm-hmm. So not that I, that's bad, you know, like I'm sure her content is absolutely fantastic, but I was like, Hey, I have this relationship with you. You're someone who 
I think is so much more special because like I see you in a like daily life. Yeah. You're in the environments that I know, you know, there's like a, there's a community that you have built here on Vancouver Island, like right here that I can see and I can see how your life has changed by what you're doing. And then I looked at the price of yours and I was like, (laughs) are you kidding me like Tara you are giving this away and I so appreciate it please don't change that please keep giving it away yeah but I was like okay this is obviously where I need to go like Mm -hmm. it just you like checked so many boxes for me and that price one when I'm feeling like when I was really struggling like financially I was like why wouldn't I do this Mm -hmm. so I jumped on it and I started the first week And I was like ready to go, like doing all the activities in the workbook. And then I got hit with this like really heavy week through Compassionate Inquiry. So they go in like two week modules and we had just started the third module, Mm -hmm. which is all about the big T trauma. Like, oh, oh my God. And so all of this emotional stuff was coming up for me and I was like, okay, I can't actually the biggest barrier for me at that time was I have so much emotion that I'm like depleting myself. What's crazy Tara is I used to do Olympic lifting in the gym. Mm -hmm. I would run, I would do all of this stuff. I can't lift a 40 pound bag of soil right now because over the last seven months of like really dealing with like the big T trauma Mm -hmm. of my life, it has taken all of my physical strength and it has transformed my physical strength into like mental, mental and emotional strength. Interesting. And I'm so weak. So I've been really, really depleted lately and that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's just this phase that I'm going through in my healing process. But I felt like I had to go back and deal with those emotions before I could get deep into manifesting. Yeah. Now I don't, think that has stopped me from manifesting no not because it's so funny I was like reading just like yesterday last night I was reading what I had written in that first week and I'm like oh my god I feel like nothing has changed what I want hasn't changed Mm. and I feel that much more clear about what I want and why I want it now that I've dealt with those emotions and it's like a month later And I'm going, oh, I can't wait for you to start your manifestation, the next one in June Mm -hmm. on Monday, because I'm like, okay, I feel so much more clear now that I've dealt with my emotions and I can keep going. And that's why I love it, because it's a lifetime thing. And I'm like, so, so grateful that you're (laughs) not running it for one month and then it closes and you have to pay for it again. Yeah. Like, I think that's that's such a... (laughs) Yeah, I just I think there's so much value in that. And I think there's that really shows where your heart is in that, like, this is not about you getting rich. Mm -hmm. This is about you providing a tool that you can access at any time at a good price with a really like ethical way of doing it. And I just like I (laughs) so appreciate that that. for the ad. But no, I didn't. (laughs) But like, I feel like when you really resonate with something and you see the heart of it, it speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. And I know you won't say that. So I'm saying it for <laughs> <Thanks>. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do appreciate that. I really just wanted to build a community and, and like of people that are excited. And I know that that will only continue to spread the word. And like, mm-hmm. that's the exciting part. So 
Is there anywhere where you feel like now that you've gone through the motions, is there anywhere where you feel stuck that you get with manifesting? Um, well, I, you know, I've, I've felt like I would love to be in a relationship. Mm -hmm. I've been single for quite a while now. And, and I think this single period in my life has been really good because it's, allowed me to cultivate this relationship with myself that I never had. Mm -hmm. And it's allowed me to, um, you know, learn, learn the unconscious places where I'm reaching out and reaching instead of just being, mm -hmm. um, whole being thing. and I think fear is a big limiting belief for me because of, you know, maybe because of what's happened in my past, because of, the things that I've learned unwinding this fear of men is, and the like power that they have over me is really, I think that's probably the biggest limiting thing mm -hmm. in manifesting my way into a relationship. Yeah. Um, and knowing, you know, like I know that I deserve that, uh, the kind of relationship that I want. I know that I am worthy finally mm -hmm. you know I know that yeah and I know that I am enough and I know that like it, I essentially like I have everything that I need because I I have such a wonderful relationship with myself now like yeah. I love spending time with myself yeah <laughs> yeah like <laughs> sounds funny and I know you can understand, I can that. understand that yeah um but you know I would I would love to have a family and I would mm -hmm. love to create a really wonderful world with a man. Yeah. And so I think my fear is a big limiting factor and that's definitely holding me back mm -hmm. because I don't necessarily follow the nudges of, yeah. of going and hanging out with a man, even if it's like a really super innocent walk in the woods. Yeah. Um, I have one walk in the woods, maybe not go in the woods. Well, okay. Okay. But like, <laughs> but like, you know, like going for a hike, which yeah. is, we love to do that in Victoria, right? Yeah, like, that's a big thing on yeah. the Tinder profiles. Right. So, you know, I was on Tinder for three days. Um, <laughs> And I had like two dates set up and, and it was really casual. You know, we were going to go take the dogs for a walk and I ended up messaging this guy and he seemed like really, really nice and just being like, Hey, look, this is where I'm at. I don't think I'm ready to meet a guy solo right now in mm -hmm. like someone that I don't know. Yeah. And so he was really gracious. He's like, thanks for letting me know. I really appreciate that. Like, let me know if anything changes, but yeah, that fear is definitely something that holds me back. Mm -hmm. And I think until I dive into the root of the fear and pull it up by its roots, I don't know if that's something that I can overcome. Maybe mm -hmm. that in itself is a limiting belief. I don't that's know. That's what I was going to say. I was like, what if you just did it anyway? <laughs> and felt the fear. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, I have a date tomorrow. Well, I don't, I don't know if it's a date or if it's just a hike with a friend. But, it's a walk um, through the woods. <laughs> a walk through the woods with my Maggie and his Maggie. And um, yeah, I mean, I was awake at three o'clock in the morning on Thursday and I was like thinking about it being like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. ah. But and don't I, you think that's kind of your ego showing up? Totally. And it's trying to protect me. Yeah. You know, like mm -hmm. my ego is this stupid friend yeah because who it wants the, to keep me safe in a stupid way yeah if the deeper part of you does want a relationship mm -hmm. that's kind of the part that you need to listen to yes absolutely and mm -hmm. I think 
this is where, you know, I need to differentiate between intuition and strong emotion. Yeah. Fear is a strong emotion that is yeah. holding me back Yeah, versus intuition of like, okay, maybe I do go for a walk with a guy and my intuition tells me, uh, no, I don't think so. This is not the guy for you. Yeah. And like, maybe you don't spend your energy pursuing this. Yeah. Differentiating. Does that come from intuition or does that come from fear is really important and mm-hmm. not yeah, how do you easy. tell? Um, well, I have learned to feel fear and like even talking to you right now, I feel this sensation in my throat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've, I've learned it's taken me a year. It's taken me, I first felt this in June 22nd last year mm-hmm. in an ayahuasca ceremony, this feeling in my throat came up and I have sat with it for a year, taking it into ceremony after ceremony, sitting with it in meditation over and over again, not understanding and I, find, I had a dream about a month ago and I, I woke up from that dream with this, oh my God, it's, I know what that is. Mm-hmm. Like that feeling in my throat is fear. Mm. Um, so now when I feel this feeling in my throat, I know, okay, this is fear coming up for you. So for me, I've like, I've done the work to identify yeah. it. And now I can see like, okay, if I'm starting to feel this feeling and having the thoughts of like, don't go for that guy, like don't pursue that anymore. I know that that's coming from a place of fear. Mm -hmm. If I feel it somewhere else in my body, body, maybe I do feel it in my gut or maybe I feel it in my heart or maybe I I don't feel it at all. And I just have this really strong feel like I don't feel it at all. Yeah, yeah. I have a strong what feeling. What was I going to say there? <laughs> okay, so I would feel it. I can just call myself out on that bullshit right mm-hmm. there. Um, but maybe I have this feeling that like, okay, this person's not meant for you, mm-hmm. but I don't feel the fear in my throat. Yeah. Then, then I can you know say, okay, this is my intuition. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I think that's really good. I, I love how Molly was like, we had a kind of a women's group meeting and she asked us to go around and say how we felt or what we were feeling. Right. Yeah, I said like the sensations we in your body. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's really important. Like, um, with intuitive eating, with your intuition, <laughs> with just checking in with your body and like, if you're feeling anxious, where are you feeling it in your body? And it also goes the other way in like, if you're feeling really happy and high vibe, where are you feeling in your body? How can you bring mm-hmm. up that emotion? What does it feel like when you're feeling so amazing and on top of the world and knowing where that feels in your body so you're making that connection? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think getting, yeah, that relationship with your body is so important. Yeah. I turned it off for so long with all the dieting and ignoring kind of, I thought I had no intuition because I didn't trust it at all. Mm-hmm. So I love being able to check in now and be like, oh, this is, I can feel that I'm like, where it's coming from well too i mean with eating disorders like there's so much there's so much acting against the body that you're like in this battle with your body all the time now i haven't had the experience that you have had but i've had my own struggles with my body and like this combative nature that we cultivate in those emotions of like I don't want to feel this. I want to choose to feel this and I'm going to control this and this. Yeah. The whole control thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's big. That sounds very familiar. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) what's coming up for you in the next little while? Well, um, in less than two weeks, I'm going to be going back into ceremony. Um, and this is a big one. So this is actually what we call a dieta. So it's an isolation diet. So I'll be going into the woods. We open with a ceremony and, we sit... Which is where you do the ayahuasca? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we sit for seven days with very little 
um, well, actually no food for the first four days. And then, um, you get like a vegetable broth on the fifth and the sixth day. Now Mm -hmm. this is not a weight loss thing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like this is not for that. This is definitely about really deep shadow work and deep cleansing. Yeah. Um, and I, I can't speak to the, like the purpose of the no food. These are all with people that I trust explicitly and, Mm -hmm. um, implicitly. I'm not sure. Okay. Maybe I butchered that word, but you know what I meant? We know what you mean. Um, implicitly. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, so yeah, you go in, typically you go in for this one, I'm going in with a master plant and I'm not sure what that plant is, but you're sitting and learning from these plants, these master plants. So, Mm -hmm. um, definitely it's silent typically so Mm -hmm. you're like sitting in your tent for seven days meditating um wow yeah and I'm like saying that I'm getting this like feeling in my throat and I think probably what's gonna happen is I'm gonna sit with fear for seven days Mm -hmm. um which I'm really scared of yeah no kidding of course (laughs) so what do you what is your intention for the outcome after this I think I've surrendered the outcome, mm-hmm. I think I just am going in with an attitude of like, I really want to understand myself deeper mm-hmm. and I would like to let go of, I would like to let go of this fear and I would like to continuously move forward and, and progress where I'm going to end up. I don't know. And I'm, I've let go of the control of wanting to know that mm-hmm. and like having an agenda. Um, really, I've seen the benefit to this work in such a profound way in my life over the last year and a bit that I'm just going in for more learning. And I'm, um, I don't think I'll ever stop doing this work. I think it'll go through different seasons in my life, but, um, definitely I'm, I'm just going in with an attitude of like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to learn and whatever shows up, shows up. And, Mm -hmm. and yeah. Cool. And you guys can find Molly on Instagram. Yes, Molly J. Wilder or at the Island Vortex. Yep. Her podcast is called The Island Vortex. Do you have a website? Yep, mollyjwilder.com. And the podcast website is on there. So that just takes you to my homepage. Mm-hmm. And then it's like blogs and the podcast. Awesome. And yeah, we'll have to have Molly back on to hear about the seven day dieta and yes. what you yep. gleaned from it. And I'm so curious because that's not something I've ever kind of dove into before. Um, so I'm interested here. Yeah, I would love to. I mean, it might have to wait like a little yeah, while. Yeah. I might have to digest a few things, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is like after seven days of not eating, you have to be really careful of how you bring food into your body so you don't shock your system. So there's a way of doing that. So I'm like slowly going to be gaining strength back over the three weeks after that. Mm-hmm. But my life is going to be very mellow. No, because I am on um, summer holidays. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because I work at a, a high yeah. school. Right. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I don't think. Yeah. I would be taking like really a solid time of off work after this because it depletes your body so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on and telling us about a whole other side of the growth journey. And hopefully you guys got some good value out of that, some different tips, some other things you can try and learn about and look into. And um, thanks so much, Molly. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's <laughs> awesome.